Welcome to hashtag creative inspo's seconds to courage. My name is Daisy and I'm the founder of Alchemist Portraits and Productions, a creative agency specializing in editorial portraiture and mobile short films. I'm also your podcast host. I'm here to help share real life stories of when people took inspired action to get them to do that thing career pivots, trying something terrifying, discovering new layers of themselves. They took that seconds of courage towards a more fulfilling life. This podcast is here to inspire you to recognize the possibilities are endless and within your reach too. Oh my gosh, welcome friends. We're here. It's season two. Happy New Year. We are a couple of weeks in and I am feeling pretty hopeful. This one's gonna be good. I hope everyone had a good holiday and that you all got time to really rest and relax and unplug. And if you didn't, may you find time this winter season to do so. You know, don't feel guilty for staying in jammies till noon or heck all day. As I'm saying this to you, I'm reminding myself at the same time. We can move like the world in seasons and it's okay. Even if you don't know where the next step is going to take you, right? This brings me to the premier guest of season two, Clarissa Castillo-Ramsey. During major pivotal moments of her life, she didn't have the next steps figured out. She just knew that something in the way of a safety net would be there to always catch her. And you know what? It did. It was trust. Here's her story. I chose me this year in 2021. I finally said goodbye to my very comfortable six-figure nine-to-five. And this has been years in the making. I'm Clarissa Castillo-Ramsey, a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I'm a leadership and life coach, organizational psychologist by education. I'm a self-taught abstract artist and author. My journey to entrepreneurship started to get serious at the end of 2018. I decided to write about my next pivot, my desire to exit the corporate space. I knew working for myself would be my end game, but I really didn't know how it'd unfold. And I thought by writing this book, Painting Your Path, that would be a great way to learn from other women, learn what they did to create their own path. And so in my book, I interviewed 21 inspiring women. And um, it was really just my fun, creative way to explore this idea of entrepreneurship. And I learned a ton by documenting others' stories. And I also learned a lot about myself along the way. I had to remind myself, I can do hard things, like publish a book, I have left jobs without having another job and I was fine. However, going out on my own was really a big deal. And it's been 
only a few months since I technically left my nine to five, but I've got to say, I am really enjoying this journey. And I'm here to say it is possible to create a life you love. It is very possible to ditch the nine to five to do the thing that you were meant to do. And I'm so happy and excited to share my story. Thank you, Clarissa, for your thoughts, your words, and your courage. Moving into the unknown is terrifying, and you handled it like a boss. I'm so inspired by this. Thank you for reaffirming you don't have to have it all figured out to move forward. Here's our conversation. Welcome to the show. We have Clarissa Castillo-Ramsey. She is a multi-passionate entrepreneur. So many titles fall under that. I've got leadership and life coach, abstract artist, and author, as well as an organizational psychologist, which was your educational background. Amazing. Yes. Thank you. So good to be here today. Yes. So happy to have you. And so many things we're going to talk about. But first, let's talk about your previous career. If you want to tell me a little bit about what you did, and then maybe we can touch on how you made the pivot going forward. Sure. Yeah. So I am a serial pivoter, honestly. (laughs) Like I have been in the corporate space for almost 30 years. And in that time, I went from retail management to graphic design to HR consulting. Um, and my most recent career was um, as an internal development coach. And that was my dream job, honestly. And I did that for a health company, health organization. And I got, I was there for 11 years. I had never worked in an organization that long. Um, had gotten promotions um, throughout my time there and really enjoyed, really enjoyed it. Uh Um, But then, you know, uh, as always in my, a theme in my life is, all right, what's next? Yeah. And then having, you know, done that dream job for, you know, a bit of time. And I also knew that my end game, I would want to work for myself. So I feel like I had just kept extending that and extending that and extending that. And finally just got to a point where, where I was like, okay, it's time. Uh It's time for real, like for real, for real. (laughs) How did you know it was time? What, what made you decide like, this was for sure something I'm going to do now? I think with COVID in 2020, Uh that really, um, that really was the, the final, the final, I guess, episode or whatever. Um, I just started having to do things for my job that weren't really what I was passionate about. It's what the business needed. And I was happy to still be employed, have a job while so many people got furloughed. But it was really, I feel like, my time to say, okay, this is, this is it. I'm really no longer, um, you know, loving what I'm doing anymore. And 
And so that was really, I think the, the, the final push for me mm-hmm. was the pandemic. <laughs> the pandemic. Yeah. 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 The pandemic push. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so would you say throughout your careers in the past, then you would play with things on the side that would be inspiring to you? I think for me, I have always been an artist ever since I was a little kid and an art would, would always come back to me. Mm-hmm. And so I would, um, you know, I drew for a long time as a kid. Then my parents were like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, oh, I want to be an artist. And, and they, they're physic, they're doctors. And so they thought, oh, that's not really practical. Um, you're not going to make any money until after you, after you pass away, you're not going to be famous until like you're dead. And they told me this, my mom told me this when I was like five. And so I always had like in the back of my mind, okay, art is not really something to pursue but it was always a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. And so long story short, you know, I would take, I would dabble here and there in art. Um, and then there came a time where, um, I decided, you know what, I want to, sh- I want to show my art. And so I would do that like every, every now and then as kind of a way to make money, to see if I could make money. Uh Um, and to also just express myself and put my work out there in the world. And then, um, in 2019, I really set a goal for myself because I was really like, I've got to do something with my life. I've got to, um, do other things to really, you know, um, make me happy in what I'm doing. And so I set a goal for myself in 2019 to showcase my art. I said, I want to have my art showcased at least six out of the 12 months of the year. And that was just a goal that I set for myself. And I was able to do that. I had my artwork, I think, um, out in different spaces, eight months out of the year in 2019. And so that was definitely a way for me to bring in some extra money. Uh And then really in 2020 is when I decided that I also wanted to to get into coaching for myself and start a business doing that to also bring in, um, bring in some extra money and help fund my, you know, my, my exit plan for my corporate world. Right. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about being an artist. Cause that's huge. Like being seen or, um, six months out of 12 months, that's a big goal. And for somebody who does art on the side and, you know, perhaps for the audience to also hear where you're coming from, um, how are you able to, one, find the confidence to go and do that and two, like navigate um, putting yourself out there? Great questions. As far as confidence goes, I think just by, I had done shows in the past. I had made sales, even just one to me, making one sale is evidence that my work, um, is good enough. And that was a big thing that I had to overcome also, because I'm not 
really traditionally trained. Um, my degree is not in art. It's in marketing and human resource management and organizational development. So I'm primarily self-taught. And I remember taking a class like long, long ago, and I won't say where or who the, or the teacher's name, but she pretty much told me that I sucked. And, um, and that was something that kind of devastated me. But I also am one of those people who, you know, likes to say, okay, well, that's your opinion. I'm going to prove you wrong. And, you know, (laughs) wrong. And, um, and so really just having made one, one sale really is what gave me confidence to, to put myself out there. And, um, you know, and I also knew that my art maybe isn't what traditional art galleries um, are looking for. So I just decided to, to make, make my own path and, um, and do collaborations and put my art out there through collaborating with other neighborhood spots. Nice. So exactly. It's not about lack of resources. It's about being resourceful. You know, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so the teacher who said that you weren't a good artist, this was before you sold anything, I'm guessing. Yeah, this was like um this was like in the 90s. This was like late 90s. And that time I was working in my first career as a a retail manager for a store and I knew that I did not want that career long-term. And so I, and I wanted to really at that point, um, start exploring graphic design. So I thought, let me take, let me just take like a 2d art class, um, take something Uh and kind of just like reintegrate into that world again. Uh And literally every assignment that I did, Daisy, um, the teacher was like, "Uh, no, you did it wrong. And, um, and this person even told me like, you know, just because you like a certain kind of dance doesn't mean you can dance. And, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this lady is just relentless. And yeah, no matter, no matter what I did, I just, and I think I, I ended up, I don't know what my grade was, but I just remember being like, oh my gosh, this is like not good. But, you know, I also think it's those tough moments that also make us stronger. Okay. So I am grateful for it. I'm grateful for it. Not at the, at the time it was like difficult <laughs> to see that, but, you know, looking back, I really think it's those, those tough times that make us stronger. Yeah. Like get all the no's out of the way, right? Because eventually there's going to be a yes. Yes. Yeah. Would you say that it also helped you figure out what kind of art you wanted to do more so? At that point, I really didn't know. At that point, um, after taking that class, I just wanted to get back into some kind of, uh, just like get back into the creative space. Uh So I really didn't start um, exploring my artistic expression as an adult until um, like the early 2000s when I did meet one teacher. his name is Rizuli. He's really the, the only teacher that I you know, worked with for a long period of time. He had 
art retreats. And that's really when I explored um, my artistic side as an adult. One of the questions I have for you is tell me about your earliest memory about art, making the art. Yeah. Yeah. So my earliest memories are um, my mom and dad getting me like an art easel. They got me the artist's mock. I even had a little beret. And I just had all these art supplies at home and I would, I would just love drawing. I would love show whoever came to the house. I would show them my artwork. And so just was really proud as a little child. Um, and then also at school, I remember, um, taking different, you know, having to do, uh, different art classes mm-hmm. and I loved it. I loved it. I loved, um, just, I just remember a lot of glue and glitter and just kind of making things. And I just enjoyed it so, so much. It was like, I just do remember, like, that was one of my favorite classes as a little kid. Aw, that's special. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing how it's now translated to be a part of your life's work is absolutely amazing. In terms of being what you call yourself now an abstract artist, how were you able to define that path for yourself? I really think after being exposed to, you know, my teacher Rizzoli and just working under him, what I really appreciated was all of his art classes were just about, there's really no specific point to your art except for self-expression. And for you to just really express your your mood um, onto the canvas. And I really think that, you know, I'm also an introvert, so I'm not super talkative. Um, I, you know, I I tend to like my quiet time. Mm -hmm. And I also discovered that just painting was really just a way for me to self-express. And um, and it was fun. And, and really it was just through working with him that I feel that I started to, you know, kind of see my style, my style started to emerge. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. The only reason for making art is for self-expression. Is that what you just said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think that if people could just keep that in mind with any type of art, dance or, you know, sewing or anything, I feel like that would take a lot of pressure off of yourself as I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And not, and not being so focused on uh, like, you know, if you're selling your work, oh, I have to sell this, you know? And, and I think that now, you know, I think people also want to know, well, who is, the person behind the art, mm-hmm. what are they all about? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so, so it's not only about the final piece, but also like, what does it stand for? And, um, and, you know, I think with a lot of, you know, my collectors, they, they know me, they know who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what keeps them coming back. Can you talk about your first sale that you oh, have yeah. the art? Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll talk about my first I'll call it my big sale. Mm-hmm. So, I I can't remember what year it was, but one of my good friends, um her name's Ellen, and she's also like my travel friend. So, we've gone to Europe together. 
um, a couple times and she's also an artist. And so we, we just, we just decided we were like, you know what, we're going to have an art show. It's going to be called two girl art and, um, you know, real fancy <laughs> two girl art. And we found this, I don't even remember how we found it or what the connection was, but we found a gallery in Los Angeles and the owners were super cool. Um, and this is when I was working as a graphic designer for the coffee bean and tea leaf. So this was early two thousands and, um, Ellen and I had our show. And so we, we put up our work, we had an opening reception and, um, and I remember my boss at that time, she bought, she bought one of my, um, big paintings. And I remember it was like, you know, way back then it was like almost a thousand dollars, you know, and that was so much money for me, um, back then. And, uh, and it was a, a painting of um, a Spanish moon. Like I was in Spain and I called it Spanish Spanish moon or something like that. And I remember that, that painting so vividly. It was just the moon on the water okay. in Spain when I was there. And, um, and it was a collage piece. So it was watercolor, paper. Um, I think there was glitter on it. And, um, <laughs> you know, just like mixed media and, um, and my, and my, my former boss bought it. And the cool thing is I visited her a couple years ago and she said, um, see, I have your painting up and she showed me where it was in her house. And so she still has it up. And so that was my, like, that was like my first, I feel like big sale. Yeah. That's so special. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it must have felt so good too to step into the presence of being an artist, having the art show with your friend too, as support, and actually being like, "Okay, we're doing it." Yeah, it was it was such a great it was such a great feeling, and it was one of many, you know, because we had other shows, and um, and I remember also that night another uh, coworker of mine at the time said, "Clarissa, this is your life." this is what you were meant to be doing is to show your work. Mm -hmm. And, and that's something I'll never forget either. Mm -hmm. Um, so can we circle back to uh, the topic of Asian parents? And oh my <laughs> gosh. Yes. We can take this conversation <laughs> wherever you want to go. Just yes. So that, like, it's so amazing how successful you've been as an artist. So can you talk about what their version of success is versus yours? And maybe now it's changed now witnessing what you've accomplished, but I guess. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, I know you and I have talked about this a little bit, but my parents came to the States uh -huh. um, from the Philippines to start a new life, finish their medical degree. And so really a lot of my upbringing was, you know, go to church go to, you know, go to school, get good grades, uh -huh. go to a good university, get a good job. And, you know, and then the money, you know, the money and, and all that will come. And, um, so, you know, that was kind of, kind of how it was for me. 
And I always just wanted to make, you know, my parents proud. And so I tried really hard to just do all the things, do all the things the right way. And, um, you know, but in the end, like I had to also really ask myself, well, what's going to make me happy? And, um, you know, and I think for me, like transitioning even to the career of graphic designer, like my parents didn't understand what that was Mm -hmm. and, um, they totally didn't get it. But I think just by me, you know, figuring it out, earning a good living, they eventually just said, okay, well, you know, you're, you're an adult now and we, you know, we're going to let you be. And I also think once I, once I told my parents, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this art show. Hey, I made some sales. They really then like shifted and, and now they are super supportive of what I'm doing with my art, as well as leaving my nine to five to work for myself. Mm, Yeah. I'm just imagining them. I don't even know what they look like, but just (laughs) Filipino parents probably walking into your art show and just being like, this is my daughter. Look at what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's funny, like my mom even like commissioned me to do some artwork. (laughs) And so (laughs) I charged her. Yes. I charged her. (laughs) And um, no family discount. (laughs) Sorry, no family discount. (laughs) Um, But I really think, you know, now that they, you know, now that they really get that this is, you know, what I enjoy doing, what I love doing, um, they're, they're fully supportive now. Yeah. That's so good to hear. Yeah. For for me, even, um, I can't remember if I told you, but yeah, I went to the Philippines after I graduated high school because they wanted me to pursue some sort of career there. My sister was doing her medical Mm. technology degree, Mm. um, in the Philippines. And for her, it was easy enough to just come back and do like a board exam, um, some like upgrading courses, but then you can just get a job here back in Canada. Um, but also like learn about the Philippines because it was a large missing part of our upbringing. I feel, um, we were like, yeah, small town Canadian and like the only, one of the only Filipino families. Um, but yeah, I had to bring it to my parents' attention, like not going to be an engineer or an architect or a doctor or a nurse. I want to pursue. Yeah. Oh, that's so good that you said you said that yeah. to them. And I'm grateful that my parents didn't force us yeah. or try to really persuade us to go into medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, they just said, if, if you really love it and you really just want to help people, don't think about the money because believe it or not, it's not, it's not uh, as great as you think it is. Yeah. Um, don't, you know, don't pursue it unless you really want to do it. So I am grateful for that. You wrote a book called Painting Your Path. Maybe let's transition there. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, I wrote um I wrote that book, Painting Painting Your Path. I started it at the end of 2018 Mm -hmm. because that was, you know, again, like end of 2018, 2019. I was just really like, all right, I can't be in the I I know I cannot be in this corporate space for the rest of my life. And that was really the beginning of a long ramp. (laughs) 
to eventually leave. But it really started at the end of 2018 when I decided to write a book, this book. And um, I just have to give a little shout out to Kathy Heller because she was finding her podcast, Don't Keep Your Day Job, was a big influence for me. And um, when I when I heard some of those episodes, it just inspired me to just keep moving. And so for me, it was writing this book. And the reason why I decided to write this book, one, it was on my bucket list. So I thought, okay, let me just, I, I, I've always wanted to write a book. And two, I kind of looked at the book sort of in a similar way that I did my dissertation, um, you know, for, for my graduate program. And really what I mean by that is just, I wanted to kind of research a little bit and interview women who were painting their path, so to speak, and really stepping into the lives that they, um, that they wanted to lead and not the, the lives for other people. And so, so I did that. I interviewed 21 women. I also shared my story in that book as well. And I also, with that, got to put my artwork as part of the book as well. But it was really just, you know, to share their stories for sure. And also for me to kind of, you know, see, see like, were there themes of like, what it, what it, you know, what does it take to really um, live your life on your terms? And so I was curious about that to see like, you know, what would come up, um, you know, and it was just also a way for me to document that time in my life where I was just feeling like, okay, it's time for another pivot. It's time for me to transition again. Yeah. I think that's one of the main reasons why I'm doing this podcast too, is to, to share people's stories of doing um, what they love and also to share like their fears and what they did to work through all those moments. I think it, it serves as like, you know, validation that yeah keep going <laughs> like yeah oh my gosh yeah and I and I love the your title of this podcast you know um creative inspo seconds to courage because I think that's that's really that's really the juice that's really you know what it what it takes is just just a little bit of courage to take that next step thank you yes like it can take sometimes years like it took me I don't know maybe <laughs> three times <laughs> three tries to actually leave my previous career you know you, you say you're gonna leave but then you get like called back for whatever reason like oh okay I guess you know the benefits are worth it the money's worth it um knowing what you're doing tomorrow is is good too right mm -hmm. but um yeah yeah just like it takes a split second to be like no this isn't working for me anymore. <laughs> and I'm choosing the other. Right. One. Yeah. 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 And just making that decision like, yeah. okay, it is done. It is yeah. done. And here's where I'm going next. All right. So, in terms of because your careers were quite different than what you do now, uh, I also want to bring to light transferable skills and skill sets that sometimes people overlook. They think that, you know, I'm going to pursue something completely different. So, you know, it's going to be like a 180 of what I need to know as well. Mm. But I think it's also important to realize a lot of things you've done in your past, 
you know, it's just slightly shifted and take those skill sets, take your transferable skills forward and now use it towards, you know, in a new environment. Um, so how has that, I guess, served you and what you do now? That is such a great question. And it's interesting. I literally had a a conversation with somebody about this yesterday. Uh Um, I think, you know, the benefit of having a nine to five, um, you know, if you want to transition into entrepreneurship, for me, at least was having that, you know, I had a schedule, I had a schedule, I had, you know, uh, meetings that I would block off on my calendar and just the whole time management, Uh um, you know, peace has been so great for me and helpful for me, except now I, I get to design my month, what my Monday through Friday looks like. Uh And so I think that is a huge, um, a huge, you know, transferable skill that maybe people don't, you know, always think about, but is really that, that time management piece and also just, you know, the good old fashioned goal setting, um, that I had from my nine to five and really, um, I'm getting to, you know, shift that into, um, what I do today. And, um, you know, it's just looks a little bit different. So for me, it's like, well, what are the, what are the different activities that I want to get to, um, work on? And so, I think there's so much of that and, and also in how in interpersonal, interpersonal skills and how you work with other people, communication, um, you know, that was a big thing for, uh, for, for me and for, you know, probably everybody else who works in a nine to five, but, um, you know, how you communicate with others, um, whether it's your team, your boss, you're going to be using those same type of skills in your, in your business, with your clients, with your customers. And so I think those are just, you know, a couple of things that are, um, that I'm seeing, you know, as, yeah. uh, transferable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause yeah, entrepreneurship can be so scary and terrifying, <laughs> but you're not starting from square one in a way. No, right? not at all. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I think yeah, it is. Yes, it is unknown. And yes, you, you are going to, you're the boss. Mm-hmm. And so you make all the decisions and that might be a little bit different from how it was in your nine to five. But mm-hmm. a lot of those, um, other things that I mentioned, you know, that that's still there and you get to, you get to create it now. In your narrative, you talked about quitting and not having necessarily a backup plan. Can you tell me what that means to you? And how you worked through it. Yes. So, you know, many of my pivots career-wise that I had before this final jump Mm -hmm. um, were, I had no idea I was really going to be doing next. So, for example, um, when I had my retail career, my first career, I was living in Boston. Mm -hmm. And that's where I went to school. When I decided that I was done with that career... I made a plan to move out West to California. I had nothing, nothing lined up, nothing lined up at all. Knew that I would have to just figure it out. Moved out there with my boyfriend at the time. And my brother was out on the West side with my best friend. She was there. And so I knew I would have, you know, people 
familiar faces around me. And that to me was more important than having a job. (laughs) And, um, you know, but I also knew like, you know, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And so that is, so that's one example. Then I, you know, when I was working the graphic design job, I decided, okay, I want to go back to school for me. Uh And that's when I decided to go back to grad school. And so I did that for a little while, but then it became really tough on my, on my day job because I just couldn't be there all the hours that I needed to. And so, you know, my boss and I just came to an agreement that my, my time was going to end there and I didn't have anything lined up. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, don't have anything lined up. I'm going to just, I'll figure it out once again. So I left and, and just decided, you know what, this is, I'm going to take me time, regroup. I'm going to go on vacation. I have a little bit of savings, um, that I can, I can use up. I got credit cards and, um, I just need to kind of like recenter. So that, that was another time where I just kind of didn't have anything lined up. And another time actually before that, before I went into graphic design school and I had just moved out to California, I, um, worked for Caltech, which is a, you know, a pretty well-known university. And, and I worked there for a couple years and I did that during the day. And I did graphic design school at night. I know my story's kind of all over the place. Um, I did graphic design school at night. And, and then when I was done with that program, I decided to take a five week vacation. Um, and so my employer was like, what are you doing? Caltech, my boss at Caltech was like, what are you doing? And, you know, I was a little naive. Um, and maybe that was good. But yeah. I was just like, oh, what? I can't ask for a five-week vacation. <laughs> and so, um, so they granted it. They said, okay. But they said, you know, we're also going to, you know, you're done with your program. We're so happy for you. We're so happy that we got to um, be where you got to work as you were doing what you really wanted to do, which was graphic design. And so, you know, my boss at that time was like, uh, all right. So you're, you're, we're going to have an end date to your, you know, to your employment. So again, once again, like I was kind of, you know, are you seeing a theme here <laughs> where it's like, my employer was like, okay, we're kicking, we're kicking you out of the nest because we want you to do greater things. And so, you know, that was another time in my life where I was just like, okay, um, I'll figure it out. So that, that has been kind of a little bit of a theme in my life of, you know what, I'll figure it out. And, you know, making my final leap, my final pivot to work for myself. Um, you know, this time I set my, my end date. And so that was a little bit different. Um, but honestly, I, I don't regret it. I'm so happy, you know, that I'm finally, finally stepping into what I had been talking about doing for years. Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a long time coming, friend. Long time coming. But yeah, I'm so happy where I am right now. Yeah, I think it's it is overrated to have your a plan in place, an exact plan in place, right? Mind you, um, when you quit your day job. Sometimes you just don't know. And I was also in this a similar situation where 
my husband was like, what? <laughs> you don't have another job that you uh, are going to? And it's like, well, no, because I honestly don't want to do that anymore. And yeah, I just found out, I just found a way to like, as you were saying, like regroup, like literally just, I just sat there one night and just like brainstorm, what did I like to do? And and where could my ideas go and how can I um, incorporate and other people, you know, into it and, and who, who can I find to help me and support me along the way? So, yeah, it just it led to me doing a photo shoot for women in film who work behind the camera. I made a connection there and I worked I volunteered on a short film in costumes. And then that led to my very first job in TV and film. and. Uh, yeah, like four months later, I'm on set. Charlene's Theron's in front of me. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's like if you genuinely put your focus in place and your intentions in the right space, synchronicities will happen for sure. Oh my 100%. gosh. I believe it. I believe that too. <laughs> I totally believe that. I feel like when we clear the space for what it is that we, you know, we enjoy, what we desire, what we want to do, what we want to put out there. It's just amazing at how quickly things can change. And, um, you know, what you, what you think about, you bring about, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that it all starts with, I mean, I love what you said. You, you were just like, I took time. I brainstormed. I just put it all out there and just really, you know, you let yourself dream. And that's something that I love talking about is just letting yourself, you know, giving your space that giving yourself space to imagine. And I feel like as adult, I think creatives are pretty good at that, but I feel like so many people like don't give themselves the permission to do that. Cause there's yeah. the barriers, there's the time barrier and the money constraint barrier and the other people are doing it. You know, it's so saturated. Why, why should I do it? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and recently I was talking to somebody who, who was like, you know, I, you know, is this even realistic? And, and I was just, and I had to challenge them. I was like, that's the kind of, you know, coach I am. It's like, well, what's realistic, you know, and what's unrealistic, you know, who says who uh -huh. defined by who can you find somebody who's doing what you want to do? And she was like, yeah. And I go, there you go. That there's your evidence that you, you know, it's somebody has done it. You can do it too. Mm -hmm. Why not? Mm -hmm. So that's a great segue into talking now about what you do as a leadership and life coach. And you work, mm. um, you were saying you work primarily with creatives. Yeah, primarily. Um, so basically I am. I'm my own ideal <laughs> client from, you know, years ago. So what I enjoy doing is helping people, um, create their, their corporate exit plan, because okay. I honestly believe that if you're in, if you have a day job, you're in the best, you're in the best space, you know, um, you have an investor for your business. Uh -huh. It's your, it's your job. And, you know, all you have to do is put a little you know, put some, uh, stash, some cash, as I like to say, and build that, you know, build your, build your ramp. And so that is something that I help people do is just put it, 
put that plan together and let's work on your creative, you know, side business while you're still in your nine to five so that when you're, you know, whenever it's time, you're not, you know, you're not wondering or stressed about, well, where's my next dollar going to come from? So it's kind of like, I'm really enjoying help, helping people work through those two pieces. Like, let's get your, your, your corporate exit plan done. And mm-hmm. let's also get your, um, your side business going, your creative side business up and running. Oh, I love that. And yeah, especially you having lived through all those experiences and knowing exactly what they need. And also, especially right now with everyone calling it the great resignation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so trippy, like how I think a lot of people, COVID, the, you know, the pandemic just really shook people. And, um, and it's also, you know, the great awakening Mm -hmm. is um, also a term that I'm hearing a lot. And so I think people are really just waking up to what, you know, life is short. Am I really doing what I, you know, what I'm really feeling called to do? Yeah. And life is short. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you may as well have fun now, you, and, may as well. you know, and try and just try and just see, you never know, you never know. And, and I think for me, looking back, I, I want, I did want to have everything so planned and so perfect and, um, hindsight's twenty twenty. And I just think, you know, you don't have to, I think we make it complicated sometimes. I don't know if you agree or not, Daisy, but I feel like sometimes we like overcomplicate things and it doesn't have to be so hard. It's really just, you know, doing a little bit about what you said earlier, brainstorming, just having fun, like trying to figure out what is it that you want to do, give yourself that space yeah, and, and then just put it out there put it out there and, and, and keep on doing it and mm-hmm. tweaking it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Refining. Yeah, <laughs> refining. Exactly. Refining. That's a better word. <laughs> and like refining. every, yeah. like when I get a rejection letter or like something doesn't work out, it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to refine my process then. <laughs> that's right. And I think that is such a great way to look at things because I, you know, like I no longer see, see those types of things as failures anymore. Um, uh, my coach likes to say, you either get the result that you want, you get that yes, or you get the lesson that you need and then you just try again. And so, um, I think that's really such a healthy way to look at, you know, um, you know, how we're putting our, our, our work out there in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, this was such a great conversation, Carissa. Yeah, thank you, Daisy. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Is there, Are there any, or first off, where can we find you? Where can the audience find you? Yeah, so I'll give two places. Um, I love Instagram, so you can find me there. And my handle is at CCR, those are my initials, CCR underscore sunshine. I got my... Um, I did my account so long ago. I just wanted to be incognito. So that's why I'm not, I didn't use my real name and I just haven't changed it. Um, and then you can also, I have a private Facebook group. So if anybody wants to check that out, um, it's really geared for people who are in the nine to five, want to leave the nine to five and, um, and start their own creative business. 
And that group is called From Employee to Entrepreneur Mindset. Wow. I actually really like the sunshine because that is your energy. <laughs> so oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and vitamin I was, I was D. Thinking, <laughs> oh, thanks so much. Yeah, I was thinking of changing it, but honestly, I'm just like, I've had it for so long. I think I'm just going to leave it. I yeah. kind of like it too. <laughs> yeah. And are there any last words you'd like to say? I would just like to say, you know, all it takes is seconds, seconds uh, of courage. Okay. Um, like the name of Daisy's podcast, Seconds to Courage. And I feel like once you take that little bit of action, you'll find that probably what you feared the most is actually not so scary. And, um, and then by, by taking a little action every day, uh, soon enough, whatever it is that you desire to put out there in the world, it's going to be a reality. And, um, just like we've mentioned, you know, when, when you let one door close, so many other doors open. So I just really want to encourage everybody here listening to, to really just paint your path and, and have fun doing it. And just, you know, a few seconds of courage is all it takes. Such good advice. Yes. (laughs) All right. Thank you again so much for being with me today. Thank you, Daisy. This was so fun. Oh my gosh, people, there are so many good takeaways from this conversation. If you can't decide doing A from B, do both. Multi-passionate, or I want to say multi-talented. I love how Clarissa also highlighted the importance of building community. By writing her book, she was able to find her people, inspiration, and ultimately support to make the final leap of leaving her nine to five. You can find all of Clarissa's information in the show notes and also my favorite Clarissa quotes. If you like this episode, please rate and review and share it with one friend. Who's in your circle who would love to hear this? For everyone who does share this episode, I have a gift for you. Screenshot your message and I will DM you something that is very near and dear to me. You can DM me on Instagram at creativeinspo underscore daisy, or you can email me at hello at atporpro.ca. That's H-E-L-L-O at A-P-O-R-P-R-O dot C-A. Thank you for joining me today. I appreciate you all so much. From my heart to yours, dream it and do it. This is your year. I'm cheering you on. This podcast is sponsored by all the dreamers and all the doers. Yeah, that's right. You guys are all making me do this. Yay!